Are you afraid of AI, that is, artificial intelligence? Well, I'm here to say that if you're not afraid of it, you should be. This is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. I'm going to read some things today out of the book of Daniel that may shock and surprise you. And I think we all need to buckle our belts a little tighter and get ready for this coming year. What's going to happen by this time next year, by February 18th, 2024? AI is on its way. And what it's going to do is muddy the water of clarity. Clarity over our government, over corruption. It's going to muddy everything that you know of, including your employment, your banking system, as well as mine. Everything we do will be controlled by AI eventually. And it's coming. It is coming fast. And none of us are going to be ready for it when it gets here completely. But we talk about gender confusion. It's just the beginning, just the beginning of confusion. And it's going to make the world a messy place. Now, let's take a quick example. Look at Microsoft. They are one of the progenitors of AI. They are one of the most heavily invested companies in AI in the entirety of the world. And what's happened recently to Microsoft? Well, they have laid off many employees, some say in the thousands of employees. Well, if they're just coming on to this new technology, why would they be laying these people off? The answer is that the computer technologists out there, some of them are being replaced by AI, artificial intelligence, that they helped create. Talk about irony. Well, let's go to the Word of God and see what we can find out about things like this. Chapter 7, verse 1. Earlier, during the first year of King Belshazzar's reign in Babylon, Daniel had a dream, and he saw visions as he lay in his bed. He wrote down the dream, and this is what he saw. In my vision that night, I, Daniel, saw a great storm churning the surface of this great sea with strong winds blowing from every direction. Then four huge beasts came up out of the water, each different from the others. The first beast was like a lion with eagle's wings. As I watched, its wings were pulled off, and it was left standing with its two hind feet on the ground, like a human being. And it was given a human mind. Then I saw a second beast that looked like a bear. 
It was rearing up on one side, and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And I heard a voice saying, Get up! Devour the flesh of many people. Then the third of these strange beasts appeared, and it looked like a leopard. It had four bird wings on its back, and it had four heads. Great authority was given to this beast. Then in my vision that night, I saw a fourth beast. It was terrifying, dreadful, and very strong. It devoured and crushed its victims with huge iron teeth and trampled their remains under its feet. It was different from any of the other beasts, and it had ten horns. As I was looking at the horns, suddenly another small horn appeared among them. Three of the first horns were torn out by the roots to make room for it. This little horn had eyes like human eyes, and a mouth that was boasting arrogantly. I watched as thrones were put in place, and the Ancient One sat down to judge. His clothing was as white as snow and his hair like purest wool. He sat on a fiery throne with wheels of blazing fire, and a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Millions of angels ministered to him. Many millions stood to attend him. Then the court began its session, and the books were opened. Now, the books are probably the books of the Bible. That would be my guess. Verse 11, chapter 7 of Daniel. I continued to watch because I could hear the little horn's boastful speech. I kept watching until the fourth beast was killed and its body was destroyed by fire. The other three beasts had their authority taken from them but they were allowed to live a little while longer. As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man, that would be Jesus, coming with the clouds of heaven. As Jesus himself predicted, he would come back in. He approached the ancient one, that would be God the Father, more than likely, and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world. That is, all the kingdoms, all the empires, all the governments, so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. You think Jesus isn't real? Just wait. Wait till that day comes, and you will know he is real and very powerful. His rule is eternal. It will never end. All the other kingdoms of our world have come to an end.
and disappeared, never to come back. Is that what's happening to the USA? I would say, yes, it is. But his rule is eternal, it will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. We're only in verse 14, (laughs) with more to come. But his kingdom will never end. I, Daniel, was troubled by all I had seen, and my visions terrified me. So I approached one of those standing beside the throne and asked him what it all meant. He explained it to me like this. These four huge beasts represent four kingdoms that will arise from the earth. But in the end, the holy people of the Most High will be given the kingdom, and they will rule forever and ever. It's not just a millennium. Then I wanted to know the true meaning of the fourth beast, the one so different from the others and so terrifying. It had devoured and crushed its victims with iron teeth and bronze claws, trampling their remains beneath its feet. I also asked about the ten horns on the fourth beast's head and the little horn that came up afterward and destroy the other three horns. This horn had seemed greater than the others, and it had human eyes and a mouth that was boasting arrogantly. Verse 21, As I watched, this horn was waging war against God's holy people, and was defeating them until the Ancient One, the Most High, came and judged in favor of his holy people. Then the time arrived for the holy people to take over the kingdom. And he said to me, This fourth beast is the fourth world power that will rule the earth. It will be different from all the others, and it will devour the whole world trampling and crushing everything in its path. Let me just interject right here. What does that have to do with AI? Well, he could not do what he's going to do without it. We're going to see something in a couple more verses that you may never have seen before. It will devour the whole world, trampling and crushing everything in its path. Verse 24. Its ten horns are ten kings that will rule that empire. Then another king will arise, different from the other ten. How's he different? Well, thanks to AI, he can do miraculous-looking things who will subdue three of the kings, he will defy the Most High and oppress the holy people of the Most High. He will try to change their sacred festivals and laws, and they, it says they, but it's not in the original Aramaic, will 
be placed under his control for a time, times, and half a time. And most scholars think that means three and a half years. But it should read like this. And will be placed under his control. Doesn't say they. Now, I want to read verse 25 in Young's literal translation. That's an old translation, but very, very accurate. Here's what it says. And words as an adversary of the Most High, it doth speak. And the saints of the Most High, it doth wear out. And it hopeth, that's an interesting word, it hopeth to change seasons and law. And they are given into its hand till a time times and a division of a time. So this means that he's changing the weather, changing seasons and law. And how do they do that? It's becoming one muddied mess. Government all over the earth is in turmoil. Have you ever noticed that or recently noticed that? It's all being stirred up like muddy water. Nothing is clear anymore. It's like a, a mystery. And this mystery is becoming more uh, unknown and more obscure, more and more messed up. And now it's happening on local levels as well in our governments around America. We don't know which end is up, and we haven't even gotten into AI yet. But when we do, the confusion will grow and grow and grow. And that's the danger of AI. It looks good on the outside. I mean, it looks pretty cool. You can create robots that look as human as you and me. And they're powerful. They can speak. They can talk. They can dance. They can fly. We've seen them in movies. And we think, well, that's just trick photography. Well, maybe, but that, let me tell you, they are planning lots of things like that. And they want to get in on the ground floor of it because it will give them mighty power that they could not otherwise have. And they're going to take control. The elites that are now controlling the weather, they are controlling the feed of our chickens, believe it or not. They control the laws so they can make laws that favor them and their cohorts. And that's exactly what we see happening. It's called corruption. Like it or not, it's happening. Did you notice that in September of last year, and since September of last year, 
many, many egg farmers have lost the ability to make eggs. And we might not even eat eggs. I'm one of those people. I do not eat eggs. I don't trust anybody that grows food conventionally. I need to have food that is grown locally as much as possible. It's not always possible. But organic, healthy, grown food, like the kind I grow myself here, tastes so much better. It's just like this is a brand new vegetable or a brand new plant or a brand new leaf or a brand new root. It's got so much flavor. It's just there's nothing conventionally grown that can match it. They want to change the weather. They want to change what we eat. They're wanting to feed us insects. Well, they're not going to be able to create enough insects for us to eat as if we wanted to eat one in the first place. It's ridiculous. But they control meat production, uh, meat processing plants in the past year, year and a half, two years, have burnt to the ground. Why is that? They don't just spontaneously combust. Somebody is trying to control our food supply. I wonder who it could be. So these elites are given into its hand, according to this, for three and a half years. Are we going to have to endure that? Yes, that's what Jesus predicted in Matthew 24. Confusion will be the name of the game. That and doubt. Confusion and doubt, that's their aim. Because then they can get away with whatever they want to do to us, making them more and more powerful by the day and more and more wealthy. But in verse 4, Jesus told his disciples, don't let anyone mislead you. You see, that's exactly what I'm talking about. They're misleading, they're confusing, and they're making us doubt. Is it really bad to smoke, for example? Is that really bad for our health? Well, <laughs> this is all something that started way back in Genesis, believe it or not. That's what the devil does. That's his M.O. That's his modus operandi. That's what he, and the way he operates. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, we read, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord had made, the Lord God had made. One day, he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat of the fruit from any of the trees in the garden. What would you call that? He's interjecting confusion and doubt. He's misleading them. And then she answers back, Of course we may eat fruit from the trees of the garden, the woman replied. 
It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. This convinced the woman, and she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it, and she gave some to her husband, who was standing right there with her. (laughs) Wow. And he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open, and suddenly... They felt shame because they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves with. And you can read the rest of the story. But see, Satan has used this tactic of confusion and misleading and doubt since the beginning. Why would he change a winning game plan? So here's what they were trying to do it in in Jesus time back in Matthew 24 don't let anyone mislead you for many will come in my name claiming i am the messiah and they will deceive many see it's a trick a deceit a confusion a lie and you will hear of wars and threats of wars But don't panic, for these things must take place, but the end will not follow right away or immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all of this is only the first of the birth pains, with more to come. You can easily see how the saints of the Most High will get worn out by this. But he said in verse 9, Matthew 24, then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. This is why the saints are being worn down and out. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Even preachers can deceive people into donating money so that they can buy nine houses and fly around in a jet airplane of their own at will and so on. But sin will be rampant everywhere. In other words, deceit, trickery, lying, confusion, and doubt. And the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. If this guy, who is the adversary of the Most High, can confuse, then he can win 
the saints will not be able to be deceived because they don't listen to him. They don't listen to Satan. But it does require patient endurance. In verse 14, he says, The good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. And then he talks about what Daniel is talking about right here in verse 15. The day is coming when you will see what Daniel the prophet spoke about, the sacrilegious object that causes desecration or desolation. Standing in the holy place, then those in Judea must flee to the hills. A person out on the deck of the roof must not go down into the house to pack. A person out in the field must not even return to get a coat. How terrible it will be for pregnant women and nursing mothers in those days. And behold, or no, I'm sorry, and pray that your flight will not be in the winter or on the Sabbath, for there will be greater anguish or trouble than at any time since the world began, and it will never be so great again. In fact, unless that time of calamity is shortened, not a single person will survive. But it will be shortened. Why? For the sake of God's chosen ones. Then if anyone tells you, look, here's the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it, for false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. You see the deceit in that? False prophets, false messiahs will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive. Right there it is. He spells it out over and over and over throughout these verses. See, verse 25, I have warned you about this ahead of time. You'd think we would understand that by now. There's a lot of trickery going on. I heard a story today that is rather shocking, and that is that Purina is the supplier of most all chicken uh, producers and egg producers in the world, Purina. And so how do they get in bed with the egg producers? Well, they form an alliance or a, a, a conglomeration, a corporation, if you will, that, that works together hand-in-hand hand with these guys so that they can raise the prices. It's price control, in my opinion. And so the producer of feed sells directly to the producer of the chicken and the eggs, and vice versa. So you see how it can easily get befuddled? We don't know about this. We don't hear about it in the news. Now, we need to be aware. We need to be brighter. We need to be smarter than these things so that we aren't deceived. That's why 
we watch alternative sources of news, and we don't depend on ABC, NBC, CBS, NB, um, what it, whatever it is, MSNBC. So, and, you know, CNN and all the other ones, they're all corrupt, if you ask me. But there are some sources out there that are seeking truth, so seek them out. Well, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. I don't want you to be deceived by AI or any of the other uh, people that are controlling the puppet strings that we see in our government. So beware, be cautious, be careful, and hopefully grow something of your own that you can depend on. You're the only one that we can depend on. I mean, I grow most, or well, not most, but as much of my own food as I can. I grow sweet potatoes and spinach and tomatoes and anything else I can find. So I recommend that we all do that and eat as much of our own food as possible. And if we have chickens, by all means, grow the food they're going to eat. Feed them your table scraps. As long as it's not meat, you're all right. Anyway, you can go to my website, itellwhy.com, and you can learn more. Nothing's for sale. I don't have any axe to grind. I don't want your email. I want to build your faith and prepare you for God's kingdom, which is coming to this earth. And may God speed that day. So until next time, this is Albert Hardy for Bible Prophecy Radio. Thank you for tuning in today. Please tell your friends.